welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Um, I, this passage, actually, I will try to compress it and just pivot on where I want to touch and make sure that we understand what I have to say. You can take a different approach, but again, the Holy Spirit ministers to people differently when you come to a passage. Um, I would really pray that please just let your heart open that the Holy Spirit will really put in a deposit. One thing I know is that nobody ever comes to God's house and goes back empty. So I believe that God has something for you here. There might be something that God might use in this passage to really affect your life. All I'm saying is that just remain open. Just present your heart as a blank check and let the Lord God write in whatever he wants to make so that his name will be glorified. Amen. And let us pray. Father, we depend on you. I depend on you this evening, oh God. I am just a vessel. I am not perfect. These are your words. I don't know your word, but I depend on you, Holy Spirit, to interpret this word so that it will be meaningful to us, oh God, as we live to serve you. May you bless this moment, and Holy Spirit, may you take absolute control, oh God, and, and let this moment be what it has intended to be for your own glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to begin by asking a question, and I will not want anybody to indicate, but just imagine this. Have you ever been in a situation, especially when you were a child, that your parents want to go somewhere and you worry? You've been with your parents and uh, uh, they live and they want to go somewhere, and then that really makes you to feel so bad, feel so worried, feel so distant. Sometimes you cry. I remember when I was a child, little boy, about what, nine, ten years old, my late mom, she was uh, going for a meeting. After Sunday, she told us that after service, she'll be going for a meeting. And uh, I, I was really disturbed. I was concerned. How could mom just go and leave us, you know? And then I, I remember after, after service, I was, wherever she goes, I would follow her because I really wanted to go with her. I didn't want just to stay home with, you know, just by myself with my other siblings. But uh, uh, at the end, she finally went and she said, well, don't worry. Your brothers are here and there is food after all in, in the kitchen. If you're hungry, go and eat. Just stay with your brothers. Nothing will happen. You know, there is something that we believers today uh, that thank God for the Holy Spirit that today we are covered. Insecurity is something. Insecurity is very, 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 it's something that is very, very pertinent in the life of, of, of a community. Now just imagine you again being in your house and, and somebody just barge into your house and, and you know, we lock our doors because we are afraid of the uncertain. We, we, we protect ourselves. We do everything that we can do to protect ourselves because the world out there is not the best. Again, by the way, I want to give this prayer request before I continue. Um, when we're in service this morning, my, I have a, our last born, he too is a minister. He's in, he's in the Republic of South Africa. And he texted me in church while Pastor Dan was preaching the first service this morning that they were having a service like this in the afternoon around 11 o'clock their local time, and the uh, God men surrounded them, and 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 on gunpoint, and they, they they took out everything. The musical instrument took money, and and they they, they messed up, you know. And I mean, it, it was it was really really. Uh, uh, when he told me when he, when I read that text, I was a little bit disturbed. So I'm asking you, please pray for the churches all over the world, and pray for my younger brother. His name is Raymond. Pastor Raymond is in South Africa. Pray for his congregation. Imagine us being in a church like this, and then out of a sudden, gunmen will just surround us and just let everybody go on the floor and seize everything, jewelry, cell phones, and come and, you know, the world, we don't know where the world is going to today. So, 
So insecurity is one of the things that people, there's a number one thing that people are actually are making sure that they have it in place. But this evening, I want, us to, I want to assure us to know that our security is in the Lord. Last Sunday, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this message actually I'm bringing was a message before his death. But the message is coming today because Jesus, he prepared his disciples how they were going to live while he was gone. Okay? And he said that while he is gone, he was going to come back. So today, while we are waiting for Jesus Christ, he has given us some ways and, and the, the, some, some, some in, he has given us uh, 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 instructions to follow from his word on how to live while we wait for him. And that is why this evening I chose to title this message, Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us in heaven. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us in heaven. And uh, just before this message, Jesus Christ has actually given his disciples the new command in verse 13, 33 and 34. And in the new command, Jesus Christ reiterated, he told them, especially in verse 34, he says that I give you a new command, love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. That is a new command that Jesus Christ gave. He was preparing the mind of disciples that he was going to leave. And one of the things that was supposed to bond them, keep them together, the disciples together, was love. Jesus said, I give you this new command, love one another. And that is why any house that does not stay in love, any relationship that there is no love, that relationship is bound to shatter. Love is very, very important. And that is why love in, in a Christian community is paramount of our coming together. We have to love because it is a command that Jesus gave to us. Not only did he give to his disciples, but he also gave to us that we must love. And secondly, he told them, he said, I will be going away very soon, and where I'm going, you cannot come. And so here we see that Peter and the disciples, they got, they were worried. And as they were worried, we see, when you see from verse 19 up to verse 38, and that, and that verse 13, Peter was saying, Lord, I want to lay my life for you. Lord, I want to lay my life for you. He said, where are you going, by the way? Jesus answered, Jesus said, where I'm going, you cannot follow me. He said, but you will follow me later. And Peter being, we know Peter, he was one of those guys, like an orator, that outspoken guy. And he said, Lord, in verse, in verse 10, he said, Lord, Peter asked, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. You know, because of Jesus' departure, Peter said he wants to lay his life. And Jesus asked him, he said, Peter, you want to lay your life for me? Lay down your life for me? So the disciples were worried. They were troubled. It is just like I said earlier. We have children at home. At any time when we want to leave, you know one thing that comes to them? Insecurity. They are afraid that what if you are gone? Because they know that us parents being with them at home, we shelter them, we cover them. And I can see Jesus and his disciples, the disciples reacting the way we children can, will react also today. Because Jesus' disciples have enjoyed that security of his presence. They have enjoyed his protection. They have enjoyed his comfort. They have enjoyed his teaching. They have enjoyed his presence with them all the time. Because any time when Jesus was present with the disciples, there was just this heavenly protection around them. They felt secure. They felt even Jesus actually fed them. So they were 100% secured with his presence. So for him announcing his departure now, it creates some fear. 
It creates worriedness. It creates some, some disturbance. That is why you see Peter will step forward. He said, Lord, why would you go? I will lay down my life for you. And so the, this, this Jesus now, in, in from beginning from verse chapter 14 now, Jesus was trying to give them hope and was trying to tell them that, yes, it is better that he go. He is going to prepare a place for them. But while he is gone, he will come up. But while he is not yet come, Jesus gave them an instruction what they should do as we pick up from there. Now, as we see in this passage, uh, it is Jesus who is headed for the agony of the cross. It is Jesus who is deeply troubled in heart and spirit. Yet it is still the one who gives comfort and instructs them. You see, Jesus was the one who was facing death, who was one who was going to die. But we still see him, even though doom was in front of him, Jesus still gave them the instruction. Jesus actually gave them that comfort. Now, you know, one of the things that us children of God today we have, one of the things that we have so much that comfort us, it is the Holy Spirit. Even though Jesus is not present here physically, but he's present here through his Holy Spirit. And that is why us believers, we need the Holy Spirit all the time. We need, the, we need to console when we pray. We pray through God and asking the empowerment and enablement, enablement from God's Holy Spirit to able to live, give us courage, to give us boldness, to be able to live for him. If me and you today, we close our eyes and look at the world, and let's say that we do not have the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the amount of fear that could afflict our hearts is one that nobody cannot tell. The presence of the Holy Spirit he, in himself, in his presence, it gives us hope. Do you know why me and you today, we are present, we are, we are confident, and we still, we still push on to serve God, and, and still push on and thrive to live for him? It's because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, yes, he is resurrected, but he did not leave his disciples by themselves. So Jesus has not left us by ourselves. Today, God is here. And as a matter of fact, his word says that where two or three are gathered in his name, he is present with them. Therefore, that means that as we all are gathered here today, God's Holy Spirit is present in us. And here we say, welcome Holy Spirit among us. Amen. The disciples were not left by themselves. The Holy Spirit, God left, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit who, who uh, 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 um, came and uh, replaced him. So Jesus' disciples are troubled, not because they are rushing towards pain, ignominy, shame, crucifixion, but because they are confused, uncertain of what Jesus meant and reference to his imminent departure. Yeah, they have enjoyed the luxury of being with him all the time. They have enjoyed his comfort. They have enjoyed the blessing of being with the Lord all the time. And now his imminent departure actually caused a problem. Now let's try to approach the verses. Now in verse 1, Jesus said, Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus said, Don't let your heart be troubled. As a matter of fact, why Jesus said this is because he knew that not only were the disciples troubled, their minds troubled at that time, their mind will still be troubled while he is gone. It is just like us. When you look at the world today and see what is happening, your mind will be troubled. My mind was troubled today when I got a message from my, my younger brother telling me about being in church and worshiping the Lord and God men just arrived and, and with God's point took everything out of them. 
That is troubling. But you know what? After that, God has given us his comforting spirit. That even though we go through situations, even at God's point, we know that this world is not our home. There is a better place in glory. So as we live our life on this earth, let us know that the Holy Spirit is there to comfort us, to keep on pushing us so that when, if, if at all we don't meet Christ, or, or if Christ tarries, actually, whenever we exit this world, we'll be in his hands in glory. Amen? So that is our hope. That is our comfort. And that is what we should be looking for every time. The Holy Spirit, he is there to guide us. He said, listen, it's okay, you'll be fine. There are better days ahead. This is the boss of not stop here. This is not the end. There is a home for you in glory. And that is why Jesus was telling his disciples, and I believe also it affects us even today. He says that don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus actually prescribed the way disciples are to calm their heart. He said, believe in God and believe also in me. As a matter of fact, whenever you are going through difficulties, whenever you are going through dry moments in your life, I want you to believe in God and believe in Jesus Christ. Believe that he has resurrected. Believe that he is coming back to take you to glory. Believe that he is there. He will give you a way out of that tribulation and of that trials and of that hardship. Believe in him. That is what Jesus Christ is saying. So let us put our eyes and focus only onto him, not on the things here on earth. It is true, we'll face the heat. The pain will be there. But listen, brothers, he has said, let's focus only on him. Because when we focus on him, then our pains are being known around him, around us. So he said, believe in me. If Jesus invariably speaks the words of God and performs the act of God, according to 5 verse 19, should he not be trusted like God? He should be trusted like God. He should be trusted like God. And that is why he said, believe in me. Now we see in verse, when we move to verse 2 to 3, Jesus spells out the reason of his departure. Now he sees that the disciples were worried. He sees that the disciples, they were disturbed. He sees that their mind was not at peace. And he goes on in verse 2, he told them the reason. He said, in my father's house are many rooms. If not, I will have told you. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And this is verse 3. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. Isn't that amazing to know that even though we are here, Jesus is not here physically present, but his spirit is, all, is with us physically. His spirit is here with us. But he's gone to prepare a place for us. So the, the, the reason after Jesus unfolded to his disciples was this, were these two reasons. He said, he is going to prepare a place for them. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for me and you. So please, this is not our home. This is not our destination. There is a place beyond this that we will go there. So when he comes back, the second point he says that after he had prepared a place, he shall come back to take them with him so that they may be where he is. So when Jesus comes back, he will take me and you to go and be where he is. Isn't that not amazing? It's amazing to know that he's going to prepare a place. So when he talks about there are many rooms in his mansion, actually what Jesus is referring is that there's room for everybody. 
God's kingdom is not that limited. It's not small. You cannot limit it. There is room actually for everybody. That's why he says this. Father's house, there are many mansions. So there is space for everybody. Everybody that believes in Jesus Christ, there is space and room for you. Amen? Amen. It's not limited. It's not reduced. There is space for everybody. So he's going to prepare a place for his disciples. He's going to prepare a place for all of us seated here. So why should we worry? Why should we worry? And then let's, let's see for that. So although Jesus tells his disciples in verse 4 that ye know the way I am now. Let's go to verse 4. Now verse 4 says that you know the way to where I am going. Now Jesus said this because he had taught his disciples and has been with them all this while. So he's thinking and now telling them that he's going away. Then they do understand where he's going. But let's see what happened, what occurred the moment Jesus said, uh, uh, made that statement. Now, in verse 5, we see, Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Now, we know this is that very Thomas. This guy is a tough guy. This guy is that guy who wants to really see and believe. This is that same Thomas, actually, when this, he, he said, when he was told that the, the, the Lord has risen, he said, no, I have to see the palm of your hand to make sure. That is that same Thomas. And this is the same Thomas who is saying that, Say, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? So all this while Jesus has been with them, Thomas just wants to see something tangible before he believes. And when he said it, look, let's see what Jesus says here. So verses four, 5 to 14 demonstrate that at some level, they know nothing of the sort. And, and this applies also to us Christians. Sometimes, you know, you find, you think that we are all, as believers, we are on the same page. We know why we come to church. We know why the church programs, all the different kind of church programs. But sometimes you see that the same people whom you think they know, they understand the, the church program and the church vision and church mission, you think that everybody understands, but you see that sometimes such people who come to church from first to first, they are the first to criticize the things of church, the church activities. They are the first to criticize when church wants to come up with a, with a particular plan, a particular program, a project for the church, which actually is geared toward evangelism. Then you ask yourself that, are they different from Thomas? Thomas has been with Christ all the time, and you think that he will understand when Christ said, I'm going. But he said that you show the way. How? How do we? You say you are going. We don't know the way. How do we, how do we go? How do you show us the way? We don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Told them that I'm going to prepare a way for you. And now Thomas is asking, now you've not shown up, how do we know the way? And Jesus told Thomas, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way to God, precisely because he is the truth of God and the life of God. Jesus is the truth because he embodies the supreme resurrection of God. He himself narrates God. According to John 1 verse 8. Jesus is the life. John 1 verse 4. The one who has life in himself. 5 verse 26. The resurrection and the life. 11 25. The true God and the eternal life. 1 John 5 verse 20. When we go to from verse 18 now to, to from verse 8 to 11, we see that Jesus actually reveals the Father. After Jesus had dealt with Philip, 
or with Thomas, then we see another disciple by name Philip. He said, show us the Father, and that's enough for us. Now, evidently from this statement, we see that Philip and the others, the other disciples, they know Jesus and they know that he's the, uh, they, they know Jesus and therefore in the Son they have seen the Father, but they do not recognize this yet. And they asked, he said, show us the Father. And we see when Jesus, what Jesus said in verse 9, Jesus said to him, have I been among you all this time and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Verse 10, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words the word I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. So Jesus was telling Philip here that him and the Father are one, inseparable. They are the same. So if you have seen him, if you have seen me, you have equally seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? I am everything that I do, I do this because the Father lives in me. So Jesus actually reveals here the unity between the Son, that exists between the Son and the Father. It is very inseparable. Jesus is God and God is Jesus Christ. And that is what we believe and that is what the scripture says. So, so, so Jesus uh, was, was, was giving this, this, this teaching here to Philip to make him to understand that if you're, if you're waiting to see another Father other than me, then Philip, there is something that is wrong because I am the Father. Everything that comes from, the, from, 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 from me comes from the Father. Because the Father, I am the Father, we are one. And it goes forth in verse 11, it says, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. So, Philip asks for direct access and immediate display of God himself. And Jesus presented this teaching to Philip and said, Philip, don't wait again that there will be another father. Listen, as a matter of fact, I am that representative of that father and I am the father. So if you have seen me, that means that you have seen the father. And I said this, some, some of us Christians sometimes, you know, when we, we, you know, there are so many doctrines out there. There are so many doctrines out there that is contrary to this, the, the trinity. Uh, some, some, some doctrines, they, they don't, I have a friend one time who is a Jehovah Witness. Of course, I don't, I don't, I don't admire anything with Jehovah Witness because I know they don't preach Christ. And I remember this guy, one, one day we were sitting in the living room. And when he knew me that I was a Baptist, strong Baptist for that matter, and a strong believer. So he, he has been trying to, to, to convince me, to talk me out of my faith. And one day we were in the living room and watching TV. And this guy just walked right in. He came with another friend. He just walked right in and just sat on the, living, on the couch and just said, he has come to ask me a question. I said, yes. I said, okay, I want you to tell me today. Between Jesus and God, who do, you, who do you believe? I woke up on the couch, I was laying, I looked at him, I said, if I, I called him, I said, if I don't know, if I did not know you, I'll give you a spank and you exit out of this house. And then I looked at the other friend, I said, even if I were not a Christian, this is not how you present your doctrine to somebody. You just come at that, boom, just tell me, what if I don't know anything? What if I did not know? Then I started to educate them and say, listen, there is no difference between Jesus and there is no difference between God. So if you are asking between God and let me tell you uh, who I believe, I believe in, they are all one. You know, so that, that difference actually, we, we see how the difference today where uh, people are just, they are just confused. 
But the truth is that Jesus is God and God is Jesus. They are one. They are one. He came in the sun to, to die. He came in the, in the form of flesh through his son to die for us. They are same one, one person. And then when we go on, we see um, uh, 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 um, uh, from verse 12 to 14, Jesus gave permission to use his name. I like this section very, very important. Imagine, remember, we are saying that Jesus actually was telling his disciples what they would do while he is gone. He is no longer with them, even though he will send the Holy Spirit with them, but he is telling them that while you are waiting, while you are still there, before I come, I want you to stay connected with me in this way. Now let's go to verse 12. In verse 12, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do even greater works than this because I am going to the Father. I think one of the needs, one of the needs that actually, one of the concerns of the disciples was that now Jesus is going. They have been enjoying the fellowship and his ministry and everything. Now that he is going, that probably can be as a handicap for them to continue the work. They felt that now that he is gone, maybe they are paralyzed. They can no longer do what they have been, he has been doing. But Jesus said, anyone, truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will even do greater work than this because I am going to the Father. So the fact that he is not physically present here will not handicap his work. So even though he is not physically present, that should not make us to fold our hands and we should continue to do the work because as we believe in him, he says that if we believe in his name, the same thing that we saw him doing, we shall do it. As a matter of fact, we shall even do greater things. Amen? Amen. We shall do greater things. So, and then he goes for that. He said, because I am going to the Father. Now, verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the, 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 the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now listen, Jesus has given us permission to use his name. Jesus has given us access to use his name. He said, when we ask of anything, Jesus knew that his departure actually would create some holes. We will lack so many things because when he was with disciples, the disciples never lacked. He was providing them with food and everything. Now that he is gone, the disciples are, this, one of the fear is that because Jesus has gone, then they might lack all these things. But Jesus said, no, even though I am gone, I'm giving you permission that you stay right here while you continue to do the things of God. If you lack anything, ask in my name. If you believe, ask in my name. And whatever you ask in my name, so it therefore means that even though Jesus Christ was not physically present, the disciple can still ask for, 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 for power, for, for anointing, can, can still ask for braveness and courage to go on and do the work of God. And that is why Jesus says, in the next verse, he said he will send a comforter that will come. So believers, as we wait for his coming, we are supposed to ask everything, every need that we have presented unto him in his name so that we should continue to do the work that he was doing. So that we should continue to advance his kingdom. So that we should continue to, add to preach the gospel to the unsaved, to this dying world. We should not fold our hands because the master is not yet. No. He has given us permission to use his name. And 
The Bible says that at the mention of the name of Jesus Christ, what happened? Every knee must bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord, the glory of God, the Father. This is very encouraging that Jesus has given us permission to use his name. And lastly, as we go to the next, uh, 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 next segment, Jesus promised to send a counselor, verse 13 to, to 17. Verse 13 says, no, verse 16 and seven, verse 15 to 17 says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Amen? So he is gone to send us a counselor. And the counselor will do what? He is a spirit of truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall do what? Shall set you free. He shall tell us to reveal, to know the truth. The truth about what? The truth about God's word. So that we should continue to preach that truth. And that is why there is no way anybody can be able to preach this word, to understand this word without that counselor enabling you, giving you that understanding of the knowledge of truth. There is no way. That's why we, we reading the scripture and, and doing God's work, we depend on the Holy Spirit. There is no way we can understand this word without the Holy Spirit. He is the one who reveals us God's knowledge of truth. It is him and no one else. And that is why Jesus said, I will send a counselor. He's not only going to counsel you to the things of God, but he's going to reveal you to the truth about the word of God. This is amazing. We are, we are not left by ourselves, believers. We are not left alone. He is with us through his spirit. Not only is the spirit in, in, in us alone, but he is with us. Reveal us the things of God. Give us the courage and boldness, enablement to move on and to understand what God has written for us in his book. I want to end by... Uh, there are some four lessons that I want us to learn. And the first one is, is that it is good that Jesus went to heaven. It is good that Jesus went to heaven. Because if he did not go back to heaven, then that prophecy that was declared would have really... The fact that Jesus actually went to heaven is a testament for us to know that that prophecy that was made about him is true. It was good that he goes to heaven. And the second point is this. Jesus reveals the unity found in the Son and Father. That's what we can learn from this lesson. Jesus reveals to us, reveals to his disciples, the unity between the Son and the Father, that they are one. The third thing is, Jesus gave permission to use his name for any request to the Father, like I earlier said. You know, one of, just imagine like, Somebody will give and say, I give you permission to use my checkbook. 
all you just have to do, I have already signed it, all you just have to do, just go open a, a page, write what you want, and you can use it. That's how it is. Because it says that you ask of anything, there is no limit. Ask of anything. But let me tell you, it has to be something that has to be according to God's will and to give his name glory. And it, it has to be something that will glorify his name. So when it says that we should ask of anything, don't go and sit and ask for anything for something that God's name is not glorified in it. Because people will love and misinterpret this. You go and sit and you're asking, God, I need money for buy a private jet. God, I need, I need money to whatever you want to do. But it, it has to be in line with God's will. It has to be in his will. He said, when we ask of anything in his name, he's going to do it. Bring glory unto the Father. So Jesus actually has given us permission. When you are sick, when you are pain, when you're going through distress, through difficulties, when, when, when the, a lot of problems are coming your way, when you don't know what to do, Jesus Christ has given us permission to use his name through God. Because he said in John 46, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. So he has given us that permission and he's a gateway. Just use his name and the access will be yours. If you believe in him. The fourth point is believers are not left alone, like I said. We just welcome, at the beginning of this service, we welcome the Holy Spirit here because God says, well told, they are gathered in my name, there I will be among them, and that's the Holy Spirit. So he is amongst us here. And we can, anytime, wherever we go, we can, we can ask him of anything because we are not left alone. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. He's, a, he's the one who reveals the spirit of truth. He's just everything. Let's make use of him. God has sent him for us. He's here for us. Let's make use for him. Make use of him. And lastly, Jesus predicted that the disciples shall have needs while he is gone. Jesus knew that while he will be gone, the disciples will have various needs. And that is why he said he will not only send a comforter, but also that we should use his name. So Jesus knew that the disciples were going to have lack. They were going to lack so many things while he is gone. So even though he is not yet physically present, again, we as his children, we are not lacking anything because he has given us permission to use his name. Amen? It may sound so good to be true, but this is true. Jesus Christ, that name is above every other name. At the mention of that name, every knee must bow. Every problem must bow. Every mountain must bow. Every disease must bow. Every sickness must bow. That he is Lord. You know what? Because he conquered death. He conquered sickness. He conquered all kinds of diseases. He conquered all kinds of principalities and power. And today, he's seated at the right hand side of God, looking at us with the Holy Spirit sent to us and said, listen, you use my name. When we are going through difficulties, please, I know there are some other ways that we can ask for help, but as a Christian, the first thing is Jesus Christ. Seek his face. Seek his counsel. Seek the presence of the Holy Spirit and, and ask counsel from the Holy Spirit. That is the number one privilege that us believers, we do have. Let us make use of those. Make use of it. We are not by our own. We are bigger than, you as a child of God, you are bigger and greater and better than what you think you are through Christ Jesus. You know why? Because we, you have 
God's spirit in you. Amen? The world does not know. That's why he even said the world does not, they don't, they don't even know him. But me and you, we know him. He is in us bigger than every problem, bigger than every world crisis, bigger than every situation. But let's just give him a chance to work in our life and to work through us. Then we'll see how we'll do great exploits for the kingdom of God. Amen. I want you to stand on our feet. And we're going to pray. And I just want to ask Moses, please, is there anybody here who does not have God's spirit in him? And you want to have God's spirit? You have been struggling. Is there anybody here? Maybe you have been struggling with, with, with life's problems and, and difficulty. You don't know, you don't know how to, to go about it. But I want to introduce you tonight to somebody who is the problem solver, solver, and that is Master Jesus Christ. Is there anybody who has never trusted Jesus and you want to trust Jesus today with your life? He is resurrected. He's no longer in the grave. And that is hope for us. Let's heads bow and eyes close. Is there anybody who wants to give their life to Jesus Christ? Who wants to mean business with Jesus Christ? You want to see Jesus Christ to change your life? Is there anybody? Just indicate by hand show. Is there anybody? Anybody who thinks you have a particular prayer request that you want to pray, anything that you want just as brothers and sisters will join and pray to you? Is there anybody? Or pray for you, or pray with you? Anybody? Dear Father, we just want to say thank you because you have spoken. When you choose to speak, oh God, you do it in your own way. You do it through any container that you want to. Lord, I want to thank you, oh God. I pray that this word, oh God, will not just be like any other message or any other word, but that what actually you purpose to put in our hearts, Lord, that will nurture us, that will challenge us, that will move us towards you. We want to thank you so much for the privilege we have to sit under this roof. Oh God, may you bless us. And I pray that Heavenly Father, you will take us back home safely and uh, just be with us, oh God, and keep us safe. And give us wisdom and strength to do the things that we're supposed to do throughout this week. In Jesus' mighty name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. You may be seated, please, for some announcement.